0: Love Talk Radio. The world has changed, and there's a new way emerging to understand how to create your life with faster, more powerful results. Welcome to Speed Manifesting, and here's your show host and author, Lori Mitchell. Hello and welcome, it's really great to be here, hilarious, I was just in the other room doing a speed meditation, and I was kind of zoned out, so I'm back now, (laughs) and it's a good thing, I actually thought it was just going to be two minutes, and it must have been more like, (laughs) but that's great, I'm here um, and present for you, now, just to make you laugh even more, I have to turn my mobile phone off now so that you don't hear it later. So what's really cool about the show today is that we're talking about beliefs and... I'm sorry, I guess you're getting the transparency today. I just realized I'm sitting on a really squeaky chair and I have to change it. <laughs> okay, so now I'm I'm present again. All right. So so what we're doing is through the series on beliefs is we're actually co-writing my book. We're exploring the concepts around my new book that's coming out in October called At the Speed of Beliefs. When we when when I wrote the Speed Manifesting and put together the method and then wrote the book I covered how to create and then what stops us at the back of the book, but the, the subject of beliefs is so deep and wide that I decided that that had to be the next book. That would basically be where, where, you, where the last book finished off, how you create and then what stops you. And so today's topic, why men are brave in war and weak in debt, covers fear and courage, and commitment. But I want you to see today the the structure of beliefs. I want you, by the end of this session today, to be able to recognize the structure of beliefs, any of your beliefs, and then be able to dismantle them through the observation and awareness and then choose again. That's what I want you to do. I want you to be conscious in your actions and reactions on your beliefs. I want you to be consciously creating your beliefs from a base, and a very firm, strong, principled base, and we'll get to that shortly. So it is odd, it is very odd that people will lay down their life for something that the very same people will crumble and make other choices that look like the opposite of bravery and it's almost like i and i am generalizing it's not just men and it's not just about war i know that a woman will in general will put herself in harm's way to protect a child i know that and that doesn't mean that a man wouldn't, so I'm just giving more examples of how people will approach an immediate and urgent situation with with little disregard with disregard for their own safety and have no fear in in the moment of choice they will have no fear there may be fear leading up to it, but at the moment of choice, they will just be in action and they will be aligned with something that we'll talk about. And yet, in other circumstances, they crumble, and they continually put themselves in a situation that is not just weakness, but it's a situation and the difference between the two, a situation that doesn't look like courage at all. And yet, one situation, and we're going to keep looking at this brave in war and weak in debt. In one situation, you continually have to put yourself in a situation where you sacrifice or yourself or risk your life at least, and you although you know it, you do it. And in the other situation where being weak in debt it's like a slow boiling. It's a, it's a very slow giving up of life, of enjoyment when the debt affects people and weakens them. And I, look, this is, this is relevant to you regardless of whether you or someone you know is, is in any sort of military or, or whether on the other side any of you might happen to be in debt or under debt so I want you to hear hear this from a perspective of concepts and ideology there's a there's a must inside of this if we go back in history and look at the first world war and all the very very young and sometimes underage men that volunteered for the first world war they didn't necessarily have all the information when they when they volunteered. They thought they were going on a big adventure. They thought they could see the world. And I know in Australia and New Zealand, the number of young men uh, who lied about their age as well, very young men who went off to war and lost their lives was not proportionate to the number who who, who went and, and there was there were huge losses. And I went to Gallipoli in Turkey and and saw the rows and rows of graves and the headstones with the age of seventeen and sixteen and eighteen. And I want you to know for this audio that we are going somewhere we are with this. I will not leave you in um in a in a negative or, or low emotion. I want you to be empowered, but just just bear with me for a moment as I as I go through this situation that, that really astounded me because I know that war is a game and I could not fathom why anyone would play this game. And these headstones, I remember seeing one that said, we'll be sorely missed by mum and dad. And you see, in that moment, I I could not understand. It it was beyond me, the, the reason that anyone would volunteer for that. And yes, they did think they were going on an adventure, but there are other reasons that people continue to make those same kinds of decisions, the same kind of choices in life. And maybe the difference between being weak and debt is, is those choices continually and repeatedly keep being made. So in a moment when somebody is brave in war, it's not that they don't feel fear, of course, and that's the same for many situations where it causes where it calls for courage. Courage is about putting yourself somewhere where You have fear, but you manage it and you take action anyway. Courage is, in a sense, managing your actions while your fears are trying to get control. That's the definition for courage. But is that a sacrifice? Sometimes... It ends up being that, but for what what is this this ideology that that or this- co- concept that would make anyone risk their life well, certainly in war, the courage and the the repetitive situation comes from training and from repetitive training. it comes from practice, it comes from. Laying out the possibilities until they become familiar again and again, and then — and, and that's preparation for being put into a situation where you need to have the courage because you know what to do. And in war, that's definitely what happens. But there in terms of preparing people and, and having them make choices like that. But there's more to it. There's programming, definitely. And that programming is useful for other people as well as for the person that wants to do that. Because when you feel like you have the training and you, you have the knowledge and you know what to do and your body knows what to do, then the programming serves you, regardless of the ideology or regardless of whether someone else thinks that it's, from a broader perspective, a useful way of life of of using our life individually totally an individual choice and how can people do that but be weak in debt how can the same people come back from that and do things that they don't want to do because they have to pay the bills because they have to take care of a family and this is in historic time yes our society has changed to more balanced structures of families and income and working now. But it, it works the same way. How can you do something that you don't really love doing and do it every day and do it for so long that you've forgotten what it's like to dream, That you've forgotten what it's like to choose anything else? There are several reasons. One is that those decisions were initially made and then you had to follow through. Why? Because as part of self-image, we we hold and tie ourselves to things. So we, So we literally make choices tied to our self-image. And our self-image, when that becomes tied to authority, when our self-image becomes tied to acceptance and being accepted, when our self-image is tied to love, when our self-image is tied to something else, Not only do we make choices that look very odd to other people, in a way they look odd to us after a while. So I want you, it's not about war here and it's not about the military. It is about an individual awareness of your own personal beliefs so that you do not get manipulated by debt or by anything else that you, in hindsight, would never do again had you known, had you known how you were put together. Because I want you to put yourself together. I don't want society to put you together. Because only you know the basis of who you are. And that we will talk about next time, but that is the the basis of your values. You have individual values and you have a unique set of priorities on your values. And those values are what are important to you. But if you get manipulated based on those values, then you do things that serve other people, but not you, your gifts, your talents, your dreams, what you came here to do, what you're best at. And I want you to be free. So all of those ideologies If you sacrifice yourself for king and country, for family, for mateship, for loyalty, for protection, for all of those things, or even for, on the other side of it, achievement, career, getting ahead, financially being protected, with a dream of maybe enjoying your life someday, and being able to kick back a bit. If you're doing all of that, that's ideology. And when you look at the real reasons for why you do what you do that takes courage, in other words, that you are driven by fear and you tie it to your own values versus tying it to your programming, then you can start to choose better. The rope that ties you, to the programming through your values is this fear of being, fear of authority, fear of being left out or not being accepted and fear of not being loved. Fear of being left, being not being loved and not being not accepting authority so therefore not being giving control away or being in control yourself. So so I just want you to know that when the structure of beliefs comes down to why you do things is that mostly we are programmed and we are programmed to fit in. We are programmed to get along. We are programmed to be in a civilized society. But certainly since the last 30 to 50 years, We have been programmed for someone else's bigger agenda and whether that's a conspiracy of human beings sitting around the table deciding or whether it's a conspiracy of bad values that have culminated to show up in the world that's not working for us anymore, we can look at that and start to ask ourselves why we make the choices we do at the point of choice. And so when you're signing up for something, when you're committing for something long-term, and you do, are you doing it from fear? Are you doing it so that you can avoid risk? It's valid. It's not that you live your life disregarding. The emotions, the negative emotions that come up, they serve you, but just dismantle them and don't be automatic about it based on some programming and education that you got through marketing and through education that is set up for creating workers and creating a feed for for debt bankers. You have to understand how the world works and how it truly has been thrown together, put together, designed, or accidentally conspiring by bad values. You have to understand how all that works so that you can make choices about what you want because the other part of this is that those that put the programming together for short-term or long-term goals know how your beliefs work. They know how human beings are designed. They know how how to program and therefore your awareness becomes your choice. It doesn't mean that the people immediately around you will understand unless they have gone on the same journey. So it's not that you disregard all those things that are driving you because they if they are driven through your values and your values happen to be things like loyalty, fairness, justice, you know, standing up for and protecting what what you need to, well, that's exactly aligned with who you are. And it is an important exercise to go through working out what your values and the priority of your values are, and that's what we'll be doing in the next audio. But today, I want you to understand that the weakness, what looks like doing the right thing, the weakness under debt of making decisions, of selling out on your dreams and selling out on enjoying life more and selling out on being happy, I'm not blaming. But if it feels like selling out, if it feels like you had to put that off because, 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 and and you're working on it and it's slower, if it has anything to do with long-term personal debt and that makes you feel bad, then maybe it's not the way for you. And I'm speaking from personal experience here. In terms of making long-term decisions about debt, when I did that and I tried to get ahead through having great incomes, household incomes, and paying off as much as possible on the, on the mortgage and buying another rental property and negative gearing that and having that all work and then positively gearing one you know it's in the end if it doesn't make you feel good then it can't be right for you there has to be something that you need to look at and so when i was doing all the right things with the right formula that supposedly would get me ahead it wasn't right for me i do not like having debt to me it's uncertainty to me it's not being in charge of my own life. To me, real wealth is increasing the circulation of money flow through my life. And if that includes some investment debt, that's fine. But when it feels bad, I know. And yet, I wouldn't make any other choices until I really started doing the black and white numbers. When I started doing the numbers about owning your own house and doing all the the debt it was it was a 30 year plan to feel bad that's what it was for me and it wasn't it it was weakening me and what i did was sure we had 15 years of um shared double household income that we put toward a house and so we got the benefit of that as we paid it off. But having said that, I know very close people to me who've never owned a house and they've had more disposable income. And in the end, the, the rates and land taxes that go up and up and up won't make any difference to me on a fixed income and all that stuff that people keep telling me. That's why you need to buy a house and that's why you need to have a mortgage because in the end, when you have a pension or a fixed income, You can't deal with rent. Well, (laughs) I've done the numbers and I don't see it that way. And I have watched reports of people who have owned their own beautiful home. It's a family home. They've retired. The kids are long gone. And they've had to give it up even though they didn't didn't want to live because they happened to buy in a beautiful area where the land taxes went up so much that they couldn't afford it anymore. So question everything. And if you get a better answer, then you're better for it. It's better to question it and to know the structure of why you choose what you do than to just be inside of it. And I'll tell you one more thing that has come to the to the forefront in our generation, and that is, the addictive nature of living in the 21st century. We have addictions. All of us have addictions, and until we can start to learn to manage our low-level addictions, we'll be caught up by them. And they are marketed to us as well. It doesn't matter whether it's food or whether it's alcohol or whether it's cigarettes. I'm talking, or whether it's television or whether it's news, or whether it's sport, or whether it's gaming, or whether it's games, or whether it's just going on the internet, whatever you can't be away from for very long, you have a level of addiction. And that defies any logic you try and put on it. If you have to pull in discipline to manage a behavior that either is not serving you or is not serving those around you because your addictions serve you much longer than they serve those around you, then you need to start looking at that because this is all part of the programming and it's also the world we're being offered. I want you to be awake, but I also do want you to be choosing and creating beliefs that serve you. So out of all of this, whew, it comes back to your programming tied to your self-image and your self-image as a basis of your values. And so, so exploring what choices you're making, looking at what beliefs you have behind them, seeing if you are risking your life fast or risking your life slow and fast by giving it up for some other ideology that serves others or slow in sacrificing little by little every time you sign a new contract for a new car loan, not to get you to A to B, but to make you look better, to make you be more accepted or to get a house because you were programmed to and to get the next house and the next house and increase that because you're programmed. That's the way to wealth. I'm not saying it's not the way to wealth. I'm saying if you feel bad about it, in any stage of it, then there's something you need to look at. Be awake, be aware. And if there's a have to in there, if you're forcing yourself, then that is a level of sacrifice and fear that you're operating from. And you're being very courageous in putting yourself through it even though you feel that way. In Finding the way to make the payments, even though you're living in fear of the future or of next week, even though you're living paycheck, maybe living paycheck to paycheck. There's a much better way to do it. And you'll know it coming from your own principles when you dismantle the programming, get rid of the concepts that are tied into your beliefs and what they mean. And I mean what they mean in reflection of your own self-image, in your own self-awareness of who you are. So what's important to you? Not what's important to you that you think will get you, keep you safe, get you some sort of acceptance from others, from your friends, from your family, from your spouse. From your partner, from your business, from your colleagues, from your teammates. That's, if that acceptance is driving you, it comes from a self image that was put together a long time ago. And yes, it does have something to do with your values. But as I said, the values are tethered to these skewed needs that come from fear and lack at some at some point with something that happened to you. So I've talked about the way we form beliefs before, but but I just want you to know this fear versus choice. And then the programming that comes into it and understanding more about your self-image, understanding more about what's important to you. Really. Not what's important to you and this is how you think that will fix it, serve it. And coming from being empowered by your principles rather than victimized by your values. So values are principles. But if they get used against you because we have some base values for our society or our cultures then you're not serving yourself and it doesn't feel good. But negative emotions are there to serve you. And when you notice that you're in fear, look at the belief. What is the belief? The belief is I have to do this. Why? Because otherwise, I'll lose what? Otherwise, other people will lose what? And so maybe in service, you're doing it for that This is useful when you're looking at dismantling the structure of your beliefs, so that you can have a more empowering beliefs that comes from that beautiful foundation called your values, your own individual personal values that are in the own their own priority against each other sometimes. So you can look at them and choose one value against another, whether it's mateship or family, whether it's any of those. And I'll get into the values and how we prioritize them and what that means for our beliefs in the next audio session. But today I really wanted you to understand what fear does for us and why sometimes we choose to be courageous in the face of fear and why sometimes that courage is used against us for other people's benefit rather than ours. And I want you to choose. I want you to choose and benefit from your own actions and more and more use the courage that you've got within you anyway to expand and better your enjoyment of life and your beliefs, my nice. strong beliefs. This is Lori Mitchell. Thank you for listening to our Session at the Speed of Beliefs Why Men Are Brave in War and Weak in Debt. If you'd like more information, it's on speedmanifesting.com. Thanks very much for listening.